It's Two Jerks, One Vote, with Jerkatorium doing song reviews. We have a new theme song to inaugurate our judging podcast for Nur Ein 14. And this is round zero, the message received song. You never thought you'd have to write a song with some traffic sounds and a cameo from your mom. But it's two in a week and it better be strong or else you're going to get eliminated. You never thought you'd have to write a song in 11 8 with the stupid random title you hate. But it's two in a week and it better be great or else you're going to get eviscerated. Welcome to Nerine. You're going to have a bad time. You'll flounder and flail and embarrass yourself. You'll strain and you'll fail and endanger your health. Welcome to Nerine. It's not gonna be fine Yeah, you're gonna lose it You're gonna lose this Nerine Welcome to Two Jerks, One Vote This is Chumpy and Ryan here Reviewing songs for Nerine 14 And we are actually judges this time around too So just to start off, I'd like to give some apologies in the interest of getting these podcasts out in a timely way, editing will be kept to a minimum, so there will be more ums and pauses and flubs than usual for these podcasts. Uh, also, for the same reason, we won't have guests or comedy bits in these podcasts, so I apologize in advance. I know lately we haven't had all that many comedy bits in general anyway, but uh, we have been good about having guests. This time around, we're just not going to have any guests because it'll take too much time to edit. It'll take m too much time to find dates that are good for everybody. So, yeah, we're just, we're just skipping all of that. You're stuck with us. That is right. So... Also, now I want to get out ahead of our Nurine 13 Round 1 submission for Internet Sensation. In particular, the line uh, in the bridge that goes... Just keep losing, next year you'll serve as another Nurine judge. So yeah, it goes, just keep losing, next year you'll serve as another Nurine judge. Bitter, disgruntled, and totally unaccountable. It's like a prophecy. And, you know, here we are, Jerkatorium, one year later, Nurine losers judging Nurine. So yeah, is it is it ironic? Is it meta? Is it self-fulfilling prophecy? Is it hypocrisy? You know, probably some or all of those. But our main measurable and trackable problem with Nurine judging was always the lack of transparency, which we snidely summarized with the phrase totally unaccountable. Now, in Nurine, judges are not required to review songs, only to rank songs, and the rankings are not attributed to the judge. When you combine that model with objectively wacky disparities in the rankings, then the legitimacy of the judging process itself is questionable. How can one judge put Berkeley Social Scene in the bottom four out of 25 when two of the other judges ranked them in the top four of that same list for that same song? How is Looky Lou dead last out of 23 songs, according to one judge, when two other judges ranked them in the top four? You know, in Jerkatorium and Matchy Matchy, we were given those types of unexplained uh, disparate judge rankings, too, in both of the Nurines that we competed in. 
where we'd get one ranking in the bottom two with the other judges putting us in the top two. And how did this happen? You know, why? What criteria could account for such a huge disparity? Nobody knows. Yeah, well, the tacit answer has always been Narine judges don't have to explain anything, you know. So how can we not suspect the judge's aptitude or the judge's impartiality? Narine has the same tacit answer to that, too. It's Narine judges don't need to be competent or talented, and Narine judges don't need to be impartial. They only need to rank the songs. And they can rank based on legit criteria or based on friendships or grudges or petty biases or whatever they want. And when they decline to review the songs and decline to stand by their rankings, you know, when these rankings are not attributed to the judge, then yeah, why not game it towards your own pettiness? So anyway, uh, Jerkatorium is going to work against that, and we hope to start a trend towards transparency by uh, displaying it ourselves and also by exposing the other judges' rankings. Uh, Chumpy and I are each separate judges, and we will state which judge we are on the list of the rankings, and we'll do our best to unmask and to associate each judge with their set of rankings if they get posted anonymously, like they have been for the previous Narines. You know, I don't think that we're going to have to do a lot of that this time around because one of the judges is Spintown, also known as Travis, and mm-hmm. he's always been very transparent in his rankings. So yeah. when he reviews, he reviews them in ranked order, or he orders his reviews in ranked order. So that was always um, always something I appreciated in previous Neurines where he was judging. So between the three of us, three out of five judges doing that, it's just process of elimination for the two other judges, and they might as well not even bother uh, anonymizing the, the rankings. Yeah, yeah. But if they do, then we'll expose them. You know, we'll just say expose is not the right word, perhaps (laughs) expose sounds more dramatic than it is. But I mean, like literally just let people know who's who. But anyhow, okay. so now now having said all of this and despite that long rant, I strongly believe that the right bands are winning Narine and the right bands have been winning Narine. You know, like with the examples that I listed, you know, Berkeley Social Scene, Looky Lou, Jerkatorium and Matchy Matchy did great stuff, but none of them were better than Scub or Marison. And um, not just for the win. I mean, I don't think any of them even deserve to make it to round seven against Scub or Marison. So, you know, if all you care about is the winner, then that rant is pointless. But if you think the feedback and the encouragement and the music development slash improvement aspect of Narine is a thing, then I'd argue that transparency and justification and explanation is important. And you get that through reviews. All right. Rant over. <laughs> On that note, why don't we have some reviews? Well, actually, one one last quick note, and this is important. Uh, the rankings for this round do not matter. Uh, nobody will be eliminated this round, uh, and the winner of this round does not get immunity. You know, And ranking is not cumulative throughout Narine. So this ranking and this set of reviews is essentially meaningless as far as the overall competition is concerned. So first up, we've got Abominominus, which is a great name. Yeah.
this is what you'd get if you got the singer from Darkest of the Hillside Thickets to write a song with the guy from Bad Religion. I mean, his voice really does sound like Torrin Atkinson, who's the lead singer from Darkest of the Hillside Thickets. And there are a lot of these $5 words like hoot and acrimony in, this, uh, in the lyrics, which reminds me a lot of Bad Religion. This is one of my favorite songs, though. There's a lot of great alliteration in the lyrics. Uh, the lyrics are also just engaging and interesting. There's great energy. I love that gun cocking sound at the end of the bridge. The mix is a bit muddy, but that's kind of a minor complaint for a song that rocks as hard as this does. Um, so yeah, right off the bat, great song. I like it. It's going to be hard to rank these, but this goes in the top bucket for me. Just as a little intro, I have kind of split up the kind of criteria. So I'll start off talking about uh, the general song and then also kind of mention lyrics and how they met the challenge. And I'll do that for each of these. But I'll start off with this. Uh, it's a great up-tempo song, wonderful performance, wild and interesting composition and instrumentation. Uh, it's like a treat for the ears and the headphones because there's, there's so much happening throughout the song. There's a lot going on. Um, it's a little spooky sounding, though. And uh, it sounds like a real A-game song. You know, it's so strong right out of the gate here. Uh, Lyrics-wise, I thought it was fabulous and wonderful. It's like this really aggressive poetry, and I thought it's amazing. Uh, they incorporated the challenge into the song so that it sounds natural and message received is both in the lyrics and intrinsic to the subject. So I thought it was done really well. All right, next... We've got Agony Sauce. In general, I thought it's like heavy rock with what I think is more heavily affected guitar stuff going on in the background, mostly in the left ear. If I had to guess, I'd say it's a lot of digital delay, chorus, volume knob work, and some harmonics. But whatever it is, it sounds amazing. It's interesting, inventive, up-tempo, and aggressive, and I like it a lot. Um, maybe slightly less charming than Abominominus, though. Uh, it's a little sloppy with the mixing, which is not a big deal. Uh, the lyrics are not posted, but they sound fine. You know, maybe a little repetitive, uh, like the real star here is the tone of the song and the showcase of guitar work. So I, I don't mind the repetitiveness all that much. As far as the challenge and the title go, you know, when I talk about the lyrics being a little repetitive, that combo is what I was talking about. You know, he definitely met the requirements over and over and over again with the uh, uh, message received part of the song. When I first heard this, I immediately recognized Glenn Case's voice, like right away. And um, I like the aggression and the distorted guitars, which are loud and clear coming through. I like how he used that line, what we have here is a failure to communicate which is, I think, a famous movie quote, and uh, I think it's great in that context. 
the uh, bridge and guitar solo have this cool underwater sort of warbly quality to them, which I think adds a nice change of pace from an otherwise sort of samey sounding song. Like um, that sort of aggressive guitar that you hear doesn't really let up a lot, so it was nice to have that break. Um, I like this. This is another song that's uh, one of my favorites from this round. I'll be saying that a lot. Yeah, too many good songs. All right, next up, Berkeley Social Scene, who usually goes first, but not this time. I hear you loud and clear, an echo in my ear. R-I-N-G ringing, and a loud, loud be singing. You know, I feel like I've heard that drum loop before in one of Glennie's recent songs, and I think I remarked on it then how much I like it. One of the first things I noticed is that the chorus has this quieter lead vocals than the verse, which is a weird choice. It's hard to make out the don't be deceived, you'll be relieved line at the um, end of the chorus because of how soft the vocals are. So that's a little interesting. Um, I like the attitude and the lyrics. I like how they predict their eventual win of the contest this year. So I approve of the audacity. So the, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, yeah. You know, and I also note that this is Martin singing and, you know, Martin, when he gets a little excited and gets into it, his voice gets a little bit pitchy. I think he should just rein it in a little bit. You know, maybe I, I think he should go wild and let it out at times, but I think he should, you know, have some moments that it's a bit more restraint. So it's not as over the top the whole time. That would be my suggestion. I thought in general the song was really up-tempo and aggressive and strong. You know, it wasn't really catchy, though, but it was really, really driving. You know, the song really moved. Good performances all around. As far as the lyrics go, they're good. I like the bragging at the end, too. But I can't help but think they might not be quite as confident after listening to the other Round Zero songs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Berkeley social scene is is great, but for them to win, I think they're going to have to make songs this good or better for every single round. Uh, either that or hope that a bunch of the really strong competitors uh, start underperforming, which seems unlikely at this point. We'll see. They met the challenge just fine, and uh, the spelling in the verses might be a little children's song-y to my ear, but that is mostly redeemed by Martin's expressive delivery. So I thought... Great job. Good song. Uh, strong, strong start for Berkeley social scene. Yeah. I don't even mind the meta of mentioning song fight in Neurine. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of never mind it. I, I, I know a lot of people complain, or at least some people complain about meta, but I like it. I like meta. All right. On to Bafo Yucks Dudes. Come on, hurry, Mr. Zamboni. A team needs you to clean up the ice. We're waiting. So patiently for you to make the surface so so nice. For you to make the surface so so nice, cause you're the D-A-M-B-O-N. I'm gonna say this song is gloriously random. Um <laughs> The vocal performance is not strong, though. Uh, and the earworm is a little viral, 
like malignant. Uh, like it'll get stuck in your head like a jingle, but not a good jingle. Um, and in that respect, I guess it is ultimately still a success. Uh, why does each sentence of this review end with a question mark? <laughs> Um, I like the instrumental break, uh, the guitar stuff, and the instrumental break is really good. It's yeah, very me too. I had that uh, in my notes. That was one of my favorite parts. Yeah, yeah. And as far as the lyrics go, it's an odd pairing of sports and maybe romance. Another question mark. Uh, they're fine, but uh, so many other competing bands' lyrics are so much better. And uh, they obviously repeatedly met the spelling part. And then kind of snuck the title into the very last verse under the wire there. But it doesn't seem like the title of the song. I wonder what the title of the song might seem more apt. I can't think of anything. Nothing comes to mind. It's an enigma. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? So up until now, you might not have realized that this was an amateur music contest. Um <laughs> The song is a lot quieter than the three before it, and that's okay. I have a volume knob, so not a big deal. Uh, good call starting with the chorus because the melodies in the chorus, I think, are probably the strongest part of the song. I like the verses a little bit less. I especially like the Mr. Zamboni hook, although I agree with Ryan. It can be stuck in your head in an annoying way, I think. I might have mixed the spelling down a bit. Like, the gang vocals make it pretty loud. Uh, the middle eight, like Ryan mentioned, is my favorite part. I would have ranked this one higher to you if the, if they didn't mostly ignore the title and just tacked it on at the end. Like, come on, folks, you have to engage with the title. It's part of the challenge. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got Faster Jackalope. Delightful you of pleasant past. I see it sleep. It isn't restful in the least. Mission Creek. I wake up aching as I do for worried weeks. Give me my peace. Will wondrous conundrums never cease? For a time at least, you said you wouldn't MISS me. The TA was returning. I love how good the recording of the acoustic instruments is. Like, that violin sounds really, really good. The guitar also sounds good, but did I mention the violin before? Yeah. That's that's great. Uh, I love the singing on the verses. The singer has this rich Neil Diamond sort of tone that you can really hear, like, on the second verse. Really reminds me of Neil Diamond a lot. It's a great tone. It's funny that they only spell the first three letters of L-O-V-E, but in the lyrics it's L-O-V-E, which is interesting. Maybe they could have shortened it to L-U-V, although I think some humor would be out of place in this song. Uh, I like the interplay between the male and female vocalists on the bridge. That's really good. And um, the pre-chorus is especially strong melodically. And I love that the lyrics of the pre-chorus change every time, which I think is just, you know, going above and beyond. If I did have something to complain about with this song, and there's not a lot to complain about, that uh, there are some just slightly flat vocals on the chorus, like on D-A-Y turning into weeks. It's a pretty minor complaint, but it is on the chorus. 
Um, and this is another one of my favorites this week for sure. So, like, we're, we're pretty strong out of the gate here. Yeah, that's like five favorites already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sucks to be so judges, fun. geez. It does. Yeah. Great, as usual, faster jackalope stuff. One of the first things that jumped to my ears was that it's great slide guitar work. You know, wonderful performances. And the chorus is just great. You know, so so far it's the catchiest sort of sing-along chorus in the in the list that we've heard. Um, it does this odd thing where it switches between 4-4 four, four, and 6-8 in the pre-chorus, and it's good. It, that change is not distracting. And um, I don't know who is singing. I don't think it's Glenny. And I think it isn't the other guy, the fast, uh, the frisbee. thanks for the frisbee. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so I don't know who, exactly who it is, but I think I can hear uh, frisbee in the background. Um, great work, great violin, strong round zero song. As far as the lyrics go, I'm not a hundred percent sure what the story is, but it's certainly a love song of some sort. Um, you know, some of the words, though, about the the naked schoolgirl, and I kind of hope this isn't a lighter rock version of, like, Christine 16. As far as the challenge goes, the spelling is there, and it's good. Uh, also, the intent of the title, uh, you know, the Say No More Girl, 10-4 Girl, is there, but maybe not the actual title itself, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we've got Fisher and Diaz. We don't want much, just camaraderie. You might have seconds to live without an apology. If it is not apropos, we must go on with the show. No one's safe. This could be part of a sting. I don't take calls from folks I don't know. I spell out M-E-S-S-A-G-E-R-E-C-E-I-V-E-D. What does that spell? Last matter quarter ring. Nobody here is speaking in tongues. Look at the shit that we've done. Ride it up, ride it up, ride it up, and go light it up under the sun. Uh, I think the lead vocal track sounds a little muffled and it's impressive vocal delivery and an impressive performance. Uh, but still it's a, the, the mixing is a little weird or maybe the microphone quality or the setting or something. The female vocal refrain is way out of tune, distractingly out of tune for me. The general vibe of the song obviously borrows a lot from uh, message in a bottle by the police it's got tons of references in there which are clever and heavy uh like the bass guitar line is message in a bottle there's those guitar harmonies which uh, which pop up in there and of course the lyrics also make reference to message in the bottle and um that's okay and it's interesting and evocative but the song itself is really unpolished the lyrics were not posted and as far as i could tell they're good question mark not sure as far as the challenge goes they definitely met the challenge and the title uh the challenge and the title were also really well incorporated into the song so that was good but this this was not one of my favorites all you know overall 
Did you copy from my notes? I did. I have to stop sharing those with you. My moles in Seattle have their ways. <laughs> yeah, I definitely noticed the the lead rap vocals were muddy, and you couldn't help but notice the pitchy female vocals, which made it for a tough listen at times. Having said that, I love the attitude in this song. It's just a lot of bravado, which is unmistakably a hip-hop thing, and I like that. Um, I like the guy, how he varies the flow in the rapping. You know, sometimes it's short and staccato, sometimes it's long and languid. It's like there are different sort of hip-hop feels throughout the song, which I really like. I thought the backing bass was pretty good. Um, I also noticed it was Message in a Bottle, but uh, I didn't copy that from your notes. Uh, <laughs> some of the rap lines I thought really hit home, and the ending I noted was pretty sloppy. And there's just a general sloppiness to the song. That's okay, it's round zero. Yeah, it cut out early, right? Yeah. Or, or was that, or am I, thinking, I might be thinking of other songs, too, that also cut out early. But definitely this one, yeah. All right, so now we're talking about Frankie Big Face. After turning in my resignation, birds began to sing, clouds began to part. Don't worry about me, baby. Everyone deserves a new start. Forget about the times we made a mess Get a new car, get a new dress Dye your hair a brilliant color I'll remember every word you said G-O-O-D-B-Y-E Do I have to spell it out for you? Received. I like melancholy songs, and this one hits me in the feels, uh, being a poignant song about the end of a relationship. And melodically, this one didn't do a lot for me, and I didn't really, I didn't really click with the style. But I really loved the lyrics. Um, you know, they were they were poignant, and they they just spoke to me. Like that line, uh, "Get a new car, get a new dress." dye your hair a brilliant color, I'll remember every word you said. I don't know, it just resonated with me, and it you know, it made me feel something, which I, I definitely appreciate. It's pretty, it's well-composed, well-written, and a well-performed song. Um, I might have preferred a fuller, richer arrangement and instrumentation for the song, um, but, you know, it's still pretty great, even in its sparseness. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It definitely has a really good kind of melancholy feel uh i like the bloopy synth in the background you know which is nice and kind of artfully put in there and mixed in there uh it's a low-key mellow song with a lovely melody and it's just just a lovely song you know uh i thought the lyrics were put together really well i like the meter and the rhyme scheme and uh it obviously it met the challenge and i think it used the title just fine all right, moving on to Grumpy Mike. Mistake. I was the first one 
I think this is really good stuff. I mean, it almost sounds like he's trying to emulate Puce uh, or maybe Tool. Uh, some of the vocal work is truly heroic, really impressive, uh, some of the stuff that's going on in there. Uh, it's an impressive piece with wild dynamics, so I don't think he's going to have any problem at all with the round one shock value song. Um, Lyrics-wise, it's uh, obtuse and religious, maybe hyper-religious. Uh, like, maybe I should have said Creed instead of Tool. And it uh, met the challenge and title just fine. Yeah, you know, Johnny Cashpoint isn't a judge this time around, so I will have to stand in for him and dismiss this song as an uninspired Tool pastiche. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Oh my god, this song sounds good. I love the power of the guitars. And that bass really thumps in a satisfying way. Mike's vocal lines on the chorus are just so good. That dude can wail. Um, yeah. And as you mentioned, he should be exempt from the dynamics challenge because dy the dynamics in the song are superb. From screeching yeah. guitars in the intro to the softly sung verse and then the way that the chorus just explodes into my goddamn headphones. The uh, multi-tracked wailing on the bridge is also amazing. I don't know exactly what the song is about, but I don't have to. The lyrics are evocative, and you can attach your own meaning to them, which uh, I think is great. That's that's how I prefer my lyrics. Well, okay, let's talk about inflatable vegetables. She said she's tired of smoky little bars on back roads, sick of singing cover tunes every Friday night. Through with riding in a Chevy van with bad suspension, She's searching for a cut-rate L.A. flight And in her dreams She's cruising PCH in a blue Mercedes Wearing Siriano cords and PNG Can't make her stay L.A.'s calling She's ready to leave Message received uh, So this song has the classic Iveg synth instrumentation and this time it really screams 1982 to me that was the year that tom petty's you got lucky was all over the radio and mtv which is exactly what that synth patch sounds like to me um i like how he builds the instrumentation in the second verse by adding some guitar licks to mix it up a little bit i like the melody in the chorus i like how he rhymes lax with sex and in the final chorus i think it's really great how he drops out everything except the vocals and then this heavenly synth pad comes in, which is a really nice touch. Um, yeah. There's some pitchy vocals and the high falsetto with the extreme vibrato. Those are a bit of a buzzkill for me a little bit, but um, otherwise there's a lot of things to like in this song. Yeah, I thought this song was very inflatable vegetables. And in my book, that is a very good thing. You know, it's charming and pleasant and listenable. The stereo synthesizer stuff sounds good. And I like the electric piano. Uh, that And yeah, I agree. That bit where everything drops out, but the vocals is just great. I thought the lyrics are fabulous. And it's a great little scenario, you know, told in a charming meter. And of course, the challenge and the title uh, were incorporated really well. All right, moving on to Lycanthropes. Feel the warmth of summer sun Is it time Cast my dice Dare I hope that she's the one Will this humble man suffice Give 
song sounds a lot like Lycanthrope, except with better production, mixing, and variety. Um, this is Lycanthrope really bringing his A-game, uh, but the singing sounds a little tone-deaf, and I mean that literally and not figuratively. It's like he knows the direction that he wants the melody to go, but not the actual notes. Uh, or if he did map out those notes, then he didn't hit very many of them. Lyrics-wise, as always, superior writing from Lycanthrope. It meets the challenge, just barely, I guess. And it's clear that the title is what the song is about, even if the title is not explicitly sung within the song. And again, that's fine with me. So I really like how upbeat it sounds right off the top. Uh, The drums and bass sound good together, and, you know, I think his midi cello and plucked strings actually work pretty well in this instance. It's a good melody that it's played on those plucked strings. It's interesting that there isn't much in the way of chords being played here. Besides the strings, which I think are harmonized a little bit, everything else is strongly melodic rather than harmonic, and I wonder if that was an intentional choice. In, uh, in terms of being on beat and on pitch, this may be one of Lycanthrope's best songs. Like, in the verse parts, the he's right on the beat. And um, the pitchiness isn't so bad, except when you get to the, the bridge and things fall apart a little bit, but then it comes back together again. I think this is one of the most listenable Lycanthrope songs I've heard in recent memory. So, in terms of Lycanthrope songs, it's pretty good. In terms of the competition, he's got some work to do. All right, wait. So, one of my biggest complaints was that his, uh, his melody either was undefined or else his pitch was way off. So you think that he meant to hit those notes that he hit? I think on the verse, the I mean, he's the doubles have roughly the same notes. I mean, they're not exactly on, but okay. uh, I wouldn't say that it's super well-defined, but, you know, okay. it does rise and fall kind of at the same, the same place. Okay. All right. But yeah, and the, the bridge, I think it's much worse. Like, then it All gets right. kind of into a jumbled mess. And, you know, the doubles are actually a part a little bit, too, which is a little bit distracting. But. Yeah, but still, I, I probably didn't give him as much credit as I should have. All right, so next up, we've got Lucky Spoon. Soft swallows, a timid voice she knows. She wallows, the world around her knows. It's not going anywhere. It's a vomit pending stare. There's an echo over there. Don't you know? Don't you know? Can you read what is written? Can you read what is written? It's hollow. And this is a weird idea for a for a song. Maybe I shouldn't read the boards. 
Lucky Spoon was apparently angered when a rap verse was tacked on to an otherwise hokey pop song that made him change the radio station, his favorite radio station. So in response, he wrote a hokey pop song with a tacked on rap verse. That'll show him. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, it's this kind of nice G&G part in the beginning that was, you know, okay. It didn't leave a huge impression on me, but I thought the performance was solid and... You know, I spent too much time trying to understand what he was getting at with the lyrics. And, um, I mean, he has an obvious disdain for rap, apparently, and rap, you know, verses ruin the song. And I guess it was kind of funny, you know, the scene that, you know, his A&R guy or his, you know, agent is telling them that he needs to put a rap, you know, verse into a song. It was just a strange thing to write about. And ultimately, I was just sort of left bewildered by it. And I didn't spend a whole lot of time analyzing the music or anything. I was just confused by the lyrics. Yeah, this, this song, I thought it starts out pretty good. And then it goes south really quickly. Uh, I, I, some of the early lyrics are, they mentioned vomit pending stare. You know, the, the verses sort of devolve into like Dana Carvey's broccoli song, you know, pretty quickly. And then the awful rap comes in from out of nowhere, and it's 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 just bad. You know, it's it's great to take this sort of risk and to try something different. And I don't want to discourage you know people from trying new uh, risky things, but this is a a real swing and a miss to my ears all around. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the lyrics. Uh, I guess it meets the spelling challenge, but the title is not really clear in this one. And it, it just didn't do it for me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Next, we've got mandibles. When you decamp for dry Rhodesia, you classed me, said I need ya. Unless I've got amnesia, you didn't propose. This one I kept going back to over and over and over again. Like I'd skip ahead to it. I'd look forward to it coming up in the playlist. And I, I just love this song. You know, uh, I kind of do wish it had a piano in it. And I think when I do my remix of this song, I'll add a piano. Mandibles, give me your stems. <laughs> you know, this song just hit me right on all fronts. You know, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I won't hear any criticism of it. So don't even try chumpy. All right. Well, that's most of my review, actually. Uh, let's see. So 
Cybronica's vocals are great, they're strong, and they really drive this song, and I especially like it when she hits those really high notes. I think yeah. what some people may struggle with with her singing is that she's often leaning on her technical ability and vibrato, and sometimes it's just a bit much. I think she should rein it in a little. It's the same advice I gave Martin. You know, if you have a characteristic in your singing that's really, you know, unique to you and strong, don't overuse it. Save it for the good parts. Uh, I would say, like, ease up on the vibrato a bit. I mean, I know she's a classically trained opera singer, but, like, you'd, you know, lighten up just a little and then just save it for the where you really need it. That would be my advice. I think the guitars sound really good, and I especially love the solo. Uh, that I, I, I assume that's Truth playing the solo. And his backing vocals are a nice contrast. But, you know, I, there is this trebly guitar that's panned hard left in my ear, and it's pretty constant throughout the entire five minutes and 11 seconds of this song. And my left ear starts to get tired about four minutes in. So that would be another complaint. Just, you know, five minutes is a bit long. A lot of people don't have that kind of patience. Ryan, who is your biggest fan, will probably listen to a 10-minute song. But, you know, some oh, yeah. of us tire after four. Yeah. And, and just one last comment. Um, it, ignore anything even vaguely critical that Jumpy said, because he's wrong. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think I'm up next with Max Bombast. along with Neurine for any amount of time, you probably know that this is Puce, a.k.a. Scoob, a.k.a. Max Bombast. And the reason you probably know this is because his vocals are really distinctive and they are the star of this song. They're just really expressive and really well sung, and he just, he just does a lot with his voice. The backing vocals do a great job in filling in the missing parts of the backing track, which is a little bit sparse. It's almost like something you would do with an acapella song. Yeah, I like this song a lot. I think if I were to have to be critical about it, the Morris Code beat that runs through the song, it's a great idea, but after a while it starts to wear a little bit thin and it's just in your ear for the entire song. And this sounds like something I complain about a lot, but you know, my ears do get tired and I would have turned it down a little bit or maybe just let up at some point. But you know, the, the Morris Code, it stays the same volume throughout the entire song. Also, his vocals, while well, they sound great, they're super compressed. So every breath sound, implosive, and mouth sound that he makes is super audible, and it's occasionally somewhat harsh sounding. So do some engineering magic to get rid of some of those harsh sounds before you compress the shit out of it. That would be my advice. 
other than that, I love the song. Yeah. If you, uh, who knows if, if you take some of that advice, you might actually win one of these neurons. <laughs> oh, wait, he's already won two. <laughs> yeah. He definitely needs my advice. Yeah. yeah. No, this, this, uh, this song has amazing style and utter confidence and it's just, just wonderful. Um, I have a weird theory that may or may not be accurate. I, I su- kind of suspect this song might be acapella. Otherwise, it's obviously you know, mostly acapella with maybe that one Morse code sound, and then maybe some of those drums are drums instead of mouth sounds. In addition to the beatboxing, because there is beatboxing, and a lot of the stuff that's going on in the background is just heavily affected vocal uh, stuff. And so if he's also kind of, you know, uh, sampled himself doing a Morse code sound and then maybe sampled his own, you know, sort of vocal beatboxing, it, this might be just his voice. And uh, but again, it might there might actually be drums there and there might be a, a synth or something doing the Morse code sound. I'm not sure. But I have this weird theory that he might be doing acapella. So. Uh, two years ago, he proved that he could dominate with one hand tied behind his back when it was just his voice and I think what drums and a bass guitar. And uh, this time he's probably going to do the same thing with both hands tied behind his back. <laughs> Maybe uh, all acapella. Yeah, if, if my theory is correct, and it might not be, but I guess we'll probably find out pretty soon whether or not he's, because, yeah, we'll see. All right, let's move on to Marison. This could be a late 70s hit from Heart, I thought. You know, it's so good. And I'm kind of like wondering, does it remind me like too much of Crazy On You or some of the other Heart songs? You know, when it comes right down to it, I don't care whether it does or not. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful, wonderful song. Amazing performances, great lyrics, and it's put together well, and it's just fantastic. And, you know, I just run out of things to talk about with songs that are put together this well because they're just great i have a genre bias for this kind of song like those fuzzed out stereo guitars and the pat benatar vocals just they're really doing it for me and right away like within the first like 10 seconds of the song i knew i was really gonna like it there's some good dynamics on that first verse too um and just it's just a great recording i think lunkhead did a great job recording this um if I had to complain about something, I'd say on the chorus, I would have liked to have heard the doubled vocals on uh, Did I Get It the First Time a little bit louder. There's an overall loss of energy, I feel like, going into the chorus. It's a minor criticism for a killer, killer tune. Um, I didn't think about Heart as much as I thought about Pat Benatar. I think I think Aaron's voice is just amazing on this track. Yeah. 
Okay, next up we've got Mike Lamb. school song fighter I'd like to give a shout out to. Uh, I encouraged Mike to to get a song out for Neurine. I told him to fart into a microphone just because it's round zero. <laughs> he has little time and you he, got, he you almost you did. Yeah, he almost did fart into a microphone. Uh, it's a heavy song about black holes and I would have liked to have heard some, you know, bass or some percussion on this just because the sound was pretty mid-range to high-end heavy. So... Just a shout out to Mike. Congratulations, you made it through round zero. Um, and now you're going to have to write a real song. Yeah, I thought this, uh, this, this was not one of my favorites. It's, uh, you know, it starts out with conceptual synth and spoken word intro, which then moves into a G and G, but one of those G's is a distorted guitar. <laughs> yep. Uh, it seems a little sloppy, maybe a little lazy like this big grandiose concept without much thought or effort put into fleshing it out uh, I'm not going to say that every song needs drums and bass but I will say that leaving that stuff out does not automatically make it more interesting or inventive uh, no lyrics in the thread but I know that it did meet the challenge and uh, the title requirements so yeah not one of my favorites uh, hope that the round one song is different. All right, let's move on to Mouse Hole. You said you had something to tell me, something important, face to face, not by phone call. And then you said nothing, it doesn't matter. On your face, it says it all Uh, this is Caravan Ray, obviously, with maybe with others or maybe just under this different name. Uh, not sure. I think the vocals are mixed a little too loud. Uh, the song in general is good enough. It's not really his A-game type material. At least I hope it isn't. Um, the lyrics are perfectly serviceable and it meets the challenge in the title. And it's not a bad song at all, but, you know... Uh, he might have also just been kind of phoning it in because he knew that nothing, you know, it was very, very unlikely that anybody who puts in a serviceable song at round zero will get eliminated. That's my suspicion anyway. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, I like this screeching guitar intro. 
It's like passionately and sharply played. I think it had a lot of feel to it. I liked it right off the top. Um, this is, I think, the third song that uses the phrase loud and clear, which is um, interesting. And I really like Ray's voice here, and the harmonies and doubles sound really sweet to me. Ray's really good at counter melody. Like, there's a loud and clear counter melody in the chorus, which I think is nice. It's a little sad it was used on a cliche. And I think there may be even a, another counter melody buried somewhere in the chorus, which I think sounds really great. Uh, the song's short, it's sweet. My biggest complaint is that the mix is quiet and dark. And to quote Lunkhead, Songfight has lost the loudness wars, which means that quiet, muddy mixes are likely going to lose out to bright, loud mixes that will run through a maximizer or some kind of mastering process. So this came up with Caravan Ray last year. I think Grumpy Mike got in his case about it, and I'm going to get on his case again. Figure out how to use a mastering preset in GarageBand or get a maximizer. I want to see you compete with like other top songs, and you can't do that if they sound muddy and quiet. Okay, so after that rant, we've got Nick M. Soma. Tea, take some time to eat, explain to me. And now it's cause S, it sounded strange to me. I, I want, oh, I only want you to be honest with me. And name your price I have to pay. And um, I like Nick's approach to the spelling challenge. Like, just spell the first letter of a word rather than spelling the entire word. Um, although he does do that later as well. This allows him to do sort of a cool emo acrostic in the lyrics, which is um, somewhat thematic to the verse that the acrostic appears in. I think one of them is tension, and I think the other one is insecurity, which is a pretty long, mouthy acrostic. It's pretty clever. Um, I like the, the content of the song and the lyrics and how it's about how people often have cryptic ways of communicating that are multi-layered with different meanings and that some people are pretty confused by, especially in relationships when people often speak in coded language and use a lot of innuendo and implication. And well, stylistically, I didn't really like this song all that much. I was really impressed with the lyrical content and I enjoyed sort of figuring out what it was about. Uh, I thought the intro sounds off. And I'm wondering, you know, is that a different time signature in the introduction or, you know, whether it is or not, it sounds a little awkward. Uh, so I, I'm not sure what's going on. And it, I don't know if it's sloppiness or if it's a impressive use of a different time signature, but whether it's one or the other, if I can't read it, then, you know, it may as well be the other. I really like the singing voice and the lyrics, but that heavy, weird effect on that distorted guitar in the right ear is a little distractingly overdone, I thought. And that's a shame because otherwise this is a great song, you know. It just has that annoying guitar tone throughout. It's um, a phaser, I think, right? 
Yeah, but it's all kind of screechy and, and just, it's just too much. Yeah. And it's and it, and he uses it throughout the song and it just doesn't stop. But yeah, other than that, you know, it's good. It's a good use of spelling and a good incorporation of the title. So all in all, I, I, you know, I kind of like the song, but the parts that I didn't like are going to prevent it from being ranked very high on my rankings. So It was also pretty long, too, if I remember. Mm. All right, let's move on to Paco Del Stinko. You said you'd call me, but I never believed. And then I checked my voicemail. It said message received. I got it. 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 I think this is not Paco's strongest song ever. You know, it's fine and it sounds neat and different, but it's nothing I'm going to listen to after round zero, I don't think. It's good guitar work and good vocal work and serviceable lyrics. You know, I feel like he knew that it'd be likely he wouldn't have to strain himself on this one, just kind of like the Caravan Ray song. You know, I kind of suspect that, that there are some people here who know they're unlikely to be eliminated round zero and will just turn in a serviceable song. And I think that's what's happening with some of these people. I think the song itself is fine, you know, and it's better than lots of round zero songs, but compared to the rest of Paco's output, it's a little underwhelming, I thought. Yeah, I couldn't quite get what it meant thematically. Like, I think there's a line about how he didn't understand a movie, so he looked it up on IMDb and that his mom kicked him out when he was 10. And I guess she showed him... And then there's some other line. I don't know. I didn't quite get the theme, but I don't think I cared just because there's a lot of great Paco stuff in here. I love how he rhymes towel with tomorrow just because he can. Um, <laughs> I, I like I like his singing and I like his attitude, like his backing vocals on. I got it on the chorus uh, just got stuck in my head a few times so that I thought that part was pretty catchy. Definitely some classic Paco elements and um Another artist for whom the uh, dynamics challenge is not going to be a challenge. Yeah, definitely. Okay, next up we've got Pig Farmer Jr. And I confess, I only listened to this once the whole way through. And after that, it was a test to see how fast I could hit skip when it came on. This <laughs> song actively hurts my ears. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of time for Neurine Round Zero. Do something annoying and half-assed. Message received. Um, luckily, there aren't 26 competitors. That's what I'm going to say about this song. Yeah, I didn't have much to say about it either. It met the title and the challenge, and I was kind of thinking if that's all that he wanted to do, then he could have made this song like five seconds long instead of 90 seconds. Yeah, I wish he would have farted into a microphone. That would have been a lot better. <laughs> yeah, would have been, we wouldn't have even had time to skip it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but okay. Now, having said that, uh, I'm glad that we were in the listening party because he mentioned that all that weird stuff that was going on behind him, it was not synthesizer and it was not feedback or anything like that. 
what it was was his manipulation of the vocal tracks that were also playing during the thing. It wasn't like live or anything. It, it's it's more that he would he took that and then he manipulated those vocal tracks in a way that made weird sounds and then superimposed those weird sounds uh, over the other stuff that was going on in the track. So interesting. Yes. And uh, should be lauded for that. Fine. It's still absolutely unlistenable. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still, I mean, it's, it's, he had a neat idea. I actually did that with my dog Buko for one of the commuter challenges. And uh, it's, yeah, it's a neat idea. Uh, what he did was a little bit more dramatic than even what I did with Buko. So it's kind of neat and terrible to listen to. And uh, it's, you know, I, I'm glad that, uh, that I got that insight into it. All right, on to Rachel Lane. He's a smart boy, but he doesn't have a clue. Doesn't know why the girl is peeking through. The melody of this song, I think, is very Glenn Case, uh, by which I mean it's very good. And that is such a beautiful voice and a wonderful performance. The backing vocals are placed really well. The song is super charming. Obviously, the vocals are super charming, but the doubled guitar solo is great, too. Uh, obviously, it met the challenge and the title really well. And it's just a great, great, happy kind of smile ear to ear sort of song. And I, I just enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really good. Yeah, like you, I can really hear Glenn Case's hand in the backing track for this song. Like, it definitely has his pop sensibilities and is also really well recorded. I really love this take on the title. You know those notes that kids pass around to each other at school? And if you, oh, yeah. If you downloaded the MP3 for this track, you can see the image which was attached to the MP3, which is a note on ruled paper that reads, Do You Like Me? And there's a box where you can check yes and a box where you can check no. It's, I mean, it's super cute and super charming. I think her singing is fantastic, and I love the lyrics. School-age boys are just clueless, and they don't pick up on anyone's silent advances. So I was utterly charmed by this song. And that line, if it's yes or no, can you see, do you L-I-K-E me? Just, yeah, just great stuff. Really good. And uh, did you notice that also Agony Sauce has a image for their uh, MP3? Yeah, it was sort of like uh, the Scream or something. I don't remember yeah. it exactly, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think there were three that uh, included images. The other one was uh, Ab Abominominus. And uh, I think that's just like a, a band pick or something. But yeah, neat stuff. We notice. <laughs> Uh, let's see, next up we've got Rain Watt. I get sad in the summer It's something about the way The sunlight hurts my eyes And there's no difference in the day And you feel the same I know that you feel the same And you feel the same I know that you feel the same It's okay if you don't want to talk You don't have to say it It's okay if you just want to lie here 
And uh, speaking of MP3s and ID ID3 tags, I noticed this song was actually entitled S.A.D, which is fine. You know, you don't have to actually title it what your what the title is, but it, it does help. Um, I think it, like I'm going to say again in the next review, I think you really need to engage with the title. Uh, I like this song a lot. I, I can't tell if it reminds me of The Strokes or Neutral Milk Hotel. I don't know. Everything reminds me of something, but this reminds me of a song that I really like. This is in my top five. The energy of the song is infectious, and it just propels the song forward. And the vocalist has a ton of character in his voice. It's got sort of a loose groove to the to the timing. Like, it feels like it may have been recorded in a band setting. I like everything about this song, except that they, they don't pay even the briefest lip service to the title. And if it wasn't for the spelling, I'd be suspicious. I thought one of my notes is it meets the title challenge well. So it's got to be in there somewhere. And if I said it meets it well, then it's probably more than one spot. Or I could be wrong about that. Um, yeah, I got to go back and look. But I think I just... I found the lyric page and I searched for <laughs> I searched for it. So maybe it doesn't appear literally. The title doesn't appear literally in the song. There's lyrics for this one? Is there? I didn't think that they were posted. I could be wrong. I we'll we'll go back and check and we'll Yeah. Not edit all of this out because this is a sloppy podcast <laughs> and I don't have time. So Let's just Yeah. <laughs> let's move. Well, this move will be forward. left as an exercise for the listener. Yeah, exactly. All right, all right. But back to the song. I thought it was fabulous. Uh, and again, you stole my notes this time because I thought, you know, it reminds me of, and I listed four different people that it kind of reminded me of. Uh, Radiator Hospital reminded me a lot of Radiator Hospital in, and in the very best way. Also like the Mountain Goats and Neutral Milk Hotel and the Violent Femmes. Again, if I'm comparing you to these people, it's because I love those bands and uh, and this is a great, great song that uh, that just reminded me of that stuff in the best way possible. Uh, so that's high praise, I promise. The whole song is totally charming, fun, infectious. Again, you stole my word infectious. I was going to call this infectious. Uh, <laughs> I just love it. Uh, and the lyrics are great. It's just, just a lovely, wonderful song. So, uh, and... It's weird because I kind of feel guilty about putting it so high, you know, in my rankings. But uh, again, I guess it doesn't matter because the rankings really don't mean anything this time around, as we explained at the beginning of the podcast. So I shouldn't feel bad about it, but I sort of do feel guilty about putting this kind of barely over a G&G &G song, or is it a G&G &G song, you know, so over something like Faster Jackalope that put so much time and effort into what they did. But it's just so immediately lovely, this song. It's so catchy and fun, and and you just want to listen to it over and over and over again. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm not I guess even... I, oh, go ahead. I was Sorry. just going to say, I guess I shouldn't feel bad about about ranking it highly, but I will. I'm not even trying to be objective in this round. You know, I, I do at least try to maintain a veneer of objectivity. Like I try to rank it on how much effort they put into it and try to intellectually think about it. But this time I'm just ranking the songs on how much I liked them. So I like this song a lot and it's it's way up there for me. Yeah. And again, the rankings mean nothing. So don't get offended when... Your song uh, doesn't rank up as high as you think it should. There are 25 songs. It's too hard to rank these, and there are too many good ones, and you know it. So stop complaining, you invisible person out there who hasn't said anything yet. 
Next up, the Sunday Colors. He said I spell it with a K. I don't see why you can't remember. K-A-S-E-Y and it's not so hard and you didn't have a problem back when you thought I was a tomboy. I am only who I've always been. And I know that's not the story you tell yourself when you're all alone and the lights are dim. I pray for your acceptance, but I don't believe in God. I turn to better friends, but I know you're all I've got. Getting Uh, I like this song a lot. You know, it's one of those kind of heartbreaking G&G songs that's sung really well by somebody with a lovely voice. The lyrics are just great. Again, this is kind of more neutral milk hotel territory. Uh, I get the spelling, uh, but maybe not the title as much. Um, And that's actually all I had written down. Yeah, so I started out like just raving about this song and how much I loved it. And by the end, I'm pretty suspicious. Like the problem that I have with this song is that the lyrics are too well crafted. Like someone spent a lot of time on these lyrics and I think perhaps longer than is allowed for the, this contest. And since the song title doesn't appear anywhere in the composition that I was able to hear, I'm skeptical that this was written specifically for this contest. I mean, there is a reference to spelling at the start, but it's not a big part of the song. I mean, I hope that I'm wrong here and that they'll blow me away for shock value and that they'll engage with the title and they'll engage more with the challenge. But, you know, if they don't do that and I am unable to hear the title and the challenge of the song, I'm going to rank it low, regardless of how great it is. And I feel like this is great. It's it's a tricky thing to, to borderline accuse them of... Uh, just cause you're accusing them of being too good to, or not good enough to write this in such a short period of time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if, if it's just yeah. how I feel, man, if they don't engage with the title, I'm, I'm going to get suspicious or yeah. engage with the challenge more. Okay. I mean, that's so, why yeah. we have a, ch- that's why we have a title in song fight. Yeah. So if, if they did something untoward, then they're bad. And if they didn't, then take this accusation as a compliment, <laughs> as high praise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, you know, for the next song, if, if they, they again to have this kind of quality and, you know, they engage more with the title and the challenge, I will make a heartfelt apology for, you know, and I guess this is the kind of criticism that you can feel good about. Like, I, I think your song is too good to have been written in this amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Third Cat. Sitting naked on the lawn, sending out my signal. Staring up at the stars, might I be the sea? Searching for some kind of sign. 
let's see, I like how in the chorus he uses the Y in crazy as a homonym for the word Y, and it helps that the chorus melody is good. And I like how he does that gear change and key change on the final chorus, which I guess used to be overdone a lot, but I don't think many people do it anymore. I haven't heard it in Songfight, like, ever, I think. So, um, it's not the most adventurous use of a key change, but I still think it's cool. I'm impressed by that sort of thing. Although the guitar solo at the end, like, feels a little bit off. It's like it's in the wrong key or something. I mean, the song is interesting, but it's not my cup of tea, I think. This is not my favorite Third Cat song, but it does have some interesting stuff in it. Yeah, I sort of lumped this one in with the Caravan Ray and Paco del Stinko songs. You know, it's, uh, it's sort of maybe not up to their better stuff. You know, it's a perfectly fine song that is nowhere as good as the better examples of their songs. Uh, I like that this is a little more up-tempo and assertive than what I'm accustomed to hearing from them. And uh, I like the panning that they do on the special effect synth sounds. That's really neat. Um, so yeah, I like the song, but not as much as a bunch of the other songs in this fight, too. So it meets the challenge and the title just fine, and that's fine. All right, let's move on to... So I, how I, do you say this? It is um, Ujin. Ujin. Okay. Yep. So this is Ujin Hunter and Friends. Fun. It's an old-time rocker like uh, Saplan Pour Moi uh, by the Plastic Bertrand, and I think it was covered more famously by somebody else a little bit more recently. That's the first thing that hopped to my mind. I think the lyrics are Thai, and I'm not sure, but I think it means something like "I love you more than anyone else," and I could be wrong with that. I didn't I didn't put it into like a Google Translator or anything, but I did Google the phrase itself and uh, got just very, very confused results. But uh, I kind of aggregated them together and made an assumption. So I think that it means I love you more than anyone else. The song was clearly, clearly made for both Nurain and Song Fight, and that's totally fine. You know, it meets the challenge well, but the title, not so much. I mean, I really had to strain to hear the message received part. You know, um, but yeah, it's a neat, fun song, though, and it has a lot of style and I like it. So I thought this song sounds really good. Just another song that just explodes into my headphones. Those guitars sound great. And the chorus is super catchy and got lodged into my brain this morning and did not come out for a couple hours. Just and, you know, I think it's because there are three or four solid hooks in this song. And um, 
I don't know. It's like rock, mock, tea, sued. And then there's another one that goes rock, mock, tea, sued, baby, rock, mock, tea, sued. I just, it's great. It just really got stuck into my head. And um, it feels like it's some forgotten Thai post-punk song from the 70s that was used in some movie that only hipsters know about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just love this song. And it's it's interesting the amount of mileage he gets out of relatively few lyrics. Okay, and rounding out the 25 songs, we have vowel sounds. Oh, I come out to study for French and work for a while on a regular tenses. Now we're all done, so let's play a game. Light the candles and study flame. Lay the border, fingers down together. Your hand brushes mine. Light as a feather. Another super charming song about school-age romance, and this time with a Ouija board, which is a great take on the title. I love all of the clever little musical touches in this song, like there's spooky strings at the start, there's this high-pitched spooky vibrato singing that sounds kind of like a theremin, um, and I love the 80s over-the-top whispered letters, and they, you know, when they spell out the nonsense letters from the Ouija board, and like I think it's like an S sort of sound in some places. And the ending and the lyrics when their hands glide to the yes answer, when they're like, do you like me sort of thing. It's a very similar idea uh, to, the, to the Rachel song. Um, it was just a great moment in the song. I really liked it. And then, you know, when they did that do you like me thing, that, that sort of cheesy whispered 80s yes comes back in again. And it's just so great. Like... I was utterly charmed by this song as well. Yeah, it's a fun, happy, adorable song about a Ouija board. You know, it's lovely. It's it's a lovely, wonderful scenario. You know, and it, and it was put together so well. It's like a short story. And the the random letters. That's such a great touch. Yeah. You know. <laughs> And then, and and the you know, and the conclusion is wonderful. It just works so well, and it's so satisfying. This is a wonderful song. Um, having said that, lots of reverb, uh, but again, I'm sure that's on purpose. So you know, great, great, great work. So very, very happy with it. Yeah, buckets of reverb, notwithstanding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, Ryan, we are done. We have reviewed 25 songs, like. You know, less than 24 hours after they were released. We should pat yeah. ourselves on the back. Yeah. And to, you know, to be clear, though, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we were both listening to them all day. You know, yeah. uh, we listened to, to a bunch of them last night because we were texting each other about them and then spent all day listening, you know, pretty much on infinite repeat to these songs uh, with maybe an occasional skip. Uh, skip forward to something that we liked, skip ahead after, you know, to, to avoid something we weren't so fond of, but, uh, but yeah, no, it was, 
uh, I listened to all of these songs uh, several times before making my reviews and before making my rankings. Have oh, you done your rankings shit. yet? No, I haven't. I put them into buckets, but I haven't ranked them inside the buckets. Yeah. I put them into buckets and then I made sub buckets. And uh, now what I did was I put them in a list of 1 to 25. And now I'm drawing arrows to switch around the places of some of them. So I'm still not settled, but I do have uh, sort of this working list of rankings. And um, But yeah, but you, you haven't even started, right? No, we have till tomorrow. This, oh, by the way, this was recorded Monday at like you know, 8 PM Pacific. So we have till, till end of day tomorrow. I think I'll not share my list yet. It'll be published before this, or maybe around the same time this comes out anyway, I think. Or do you, do you want to hear my list? Well, let's not go into the list. Let's just maybe talk about some of the struggles we had. Like what are some of the things you agonized over? Well, part of it was like that, this big sort of middle range it's kind of it's it's hard to rank some songs against other songs if they're all kind of in the same kind of mushy pile like that that whole group that i said well i think they probably knew that if they turned in just a serviceable song that they would be safe and they would go on to the next round and there were like three or four bands that i put into that category and how do you rank one against the other for that you know, that I kind of put that that's like the separator between the songs that I s- sort of liked and liked and liked a lot. And, you know, that separated them from the songs that I wasn't quite as fond of. So when it comes to it, it's kind of like, you know, there's it's it's hard within the buckets, I guess, is the way to put it to to kind of rank one against the other. Yeah. So I've conceptually been putting songs that I like that are similar against each other. Like the melancholy songs, you got the Frankie Big Face song, and you have the song by the Sunday Colors, and they're both yeah. great melancholy songs with not a lot of instrumentation. I give the slight edge to Frankie Big Face for having that synth. I give the slight edge to the Sunday Colors for just being so well crafted. I mean, and that's hard to say that he. He, he's crafted the song better than Frankie Big Face because this song is also very well crafted, but I feel like there's just a slight edge to the Sunday Colors there. And that's hard. I'm going to actually assume good intentions on the part of the Sunday Colors and that they wrote this song for the challenge because it doesn't matter. But I do remain suspicious, but I'm not going to let that affect my rankings. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I wasn't suspicious. It's like I'm not sure why you would be suspicious of Sunday Colors but not uh, Abominominus. And because th- those lyrics are are pretty intricate also when it comes right down to it. So, you know, I, and I, I don't think either of them uh, did anything untoward. So uh, or at least I have no reason to think it. So I don't. Right. But, you know, they the Abominominus used the title and the challenge more. Yeah, like I might have I might have felt that way if they if they shirked both of them. Could be. All right, but yeah, okay. So, so you listed your thing with the melancholy titles, but you you're not going to be ranking the melancholy titles against each other. You're going to have to shuffle them into the rest of the list. Right. That's going to be a challenge. Yeah. So that is going to be a challenge, and I feel like the the up tempo numbers are going to win out a little bit in that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. um, I'm probably going to rank the Rain Watt song 
above the more melancholy numbers just because it's so driving and so i don't know it just i really connected with it more yeah yeah i think just generally i like those kinds of songs songs more yeah i think it's going to be harder round one because we're not going to just be able to say well all in all it doesn't matter so when I list Rain Watt unreasonably high on my list, then I can say, oh, well, it's just because it didn't matter. But, you know, when it comes to the round one and the places where people are at risk for getting eliminated, then we're going to have to say, well, geez, I don't know. You know, there's no way that uh, I can put Faster Jackalope below, say, Sunday colors or anything like that, just because they put so much more effort and talent into it. You know what I mean? Even, even if I like the song better, even if I want to listen to the song, you know, the other song better, we're going to have to include these other things in our uh, assessments of the songs. It's going to be tough. You're going to have to think intellectually about it than just from a pure, how much you like it standpoint. And next week it's going to be, you know, depending on how many people submit, it's going to be another 25 songs. Yeah. So, it's hard. It's hard to be judge. <laughs> Do you have a favorite? Like, is there one standout favorite? Mandibles, man. I just kept on going back to it. Just like the whole thing. It, there's something about it that reminds me like the Couldn't Say No by uh, Robert Ellis Oral and Carlene Carter. Uh, it's just like these this old kind of 70s. I know this isn't so much a duet, but the, it just has all of this charm and this twang and... Yeah, I just just love that Mandible song. That is definitely my number one. And then after that, it gets muddy really quick because like I've been shuffling around two through seven like crazy since. So I don't know who's going to end up after that. But I have a sort of a a list of stuff that's you know, if, if I run out of time, it's going to be this. But I'm probably still going to be doing some shuffling in the meantime. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that vowel sounds is right up there for me. It's between Great them song. and I think Marisan. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did a lot of gushing about those, but like we were gushing about so many songs. I know. Max I know. Bombast, Abdom- Ab- Abominominous, Max Bombast, Rachel Lane. You know, it's like uh, there, uh, <laughs> there's too many good songs and there's too many songs who deserve to win, even though winning doesn't mean anything this time for yeah. this round. I'd say Grumpy Mike is up there as well. Yeah, it's tough. Hard. Oh, well. Uh, anything before we exeunt? No. Okay. All right. Thanks a ton, Nivius, uh, for all the work that you're doing on this. Thanks, everybody, for participating. Again, if you don't like how we ranked you, it doesn't matter. It really, really doesn't matter. This round, just, uh, you know, just turn in another great song next round, and we'll give you your due. Do your best. Don't phone it in. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing some great songs from you guys. I'd also say that if you feel like we totally misunderstood your song or didn't get it or were just total idiots, let us know. Send email to feedback at twojerksonevote.com. Let us know. Uh, I'm often wrong, as Ryan is quick to point out. (laughs) Me too, as the world is quick to point out. No, the, uh, yeah, don't email Chumpy. Spend that time working on a better song. (laughs) All right, we done? Yeah, until next time. Yeah, catch on the flippy lot.